For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. This is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat, episode 160. In my mind, I thought 160 was like significant in some regard, but I think I was thinking 180 because it's like halfway to 360. You know, 160 is like cool. 162 should be significant. Like- yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. You know, 162. <laughs> so next next week, the second episode will will be you know a full season's worth of games. So. You know that that's worth it took something. Took us three years, <laughs> right? But I, I was for some reason one sixty. I was like, oh man, that that's. But I mean, it's one sixty is cool, but it doesn't mean anything. So, no. but as just always, a garden variety old episode. Yeah, just a garden variety. Um, as always, presented by Manscaped and part of the Fan Sided Network, and we are back together. Seems like it's been a little bit. I mean, it, it kind of has. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see if we still got it. If we're, you know, we're still meant to be, I mean, it's playoff time. So we got to put our best foot forward got lots Lots to to talk talk about. about. So, uh, but I mean, before we get into any baseball and the reason people listen, what's going on with you guys? How have you been? Pretty good for me. I'm feeling good, but I got a lot of my, one of my kids and my husband are sick. So it's been a little bit of a rough week around these parts. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm just treading water over here, trying to deal with work. And I mean, that's just life. Life is (laughs) treading water. Pretty much, pretty much. So nothing too exciting. I did a a major green bean harvest this week and was attacked for it on Twitter. Yeah, I saw, I saw mine because I was, that was the day of the four-way tie potential, right? It was, it was. And I was accused, was it Monty who accused me? It was Monty. Yeah, of causing, it was my, my green bean processing that was uh the reason we didn't get any chaos that we were looking for i was offended by I mean, the accusation you you can't prove otherwise it's true so i think monty might be, be on to something somebody tweeted that they thought you know cutting up green beans was big chaos energy and i i firmly agree seems about <laughs> as think, chaotic as my life gets. I, but i think days. leaving the green beans would be more chaotic no it's mm, a good point with the yeah. ends right on them i don't know that seems a little too wild right but that's that's what we were going for on sunday <laughs> yeah so maybe it was all my fault but yeah absolutely nothing interesting going on green beans and sick kids that's pretty much my life yeah i mean catch amanda <laughs> literally any day of the year and her life is green beans and sick kids <laughs> <laughs> i got a lot of kids in a big garden so it could be true <laughs> yeah, so yeah i mean no no uh, lies were detected but uh he he's the boost to every single episode uh ryan how you doing 
Doing good, you know. It'll be like the day after Christmas. You'll be like, Amanda, how are you? And she'll be like, green beans. Um, but life's good, you know. I'm sitting here floating. I don't need a chair because I've manifested the power to levitate because I just got my booster shot today. Um, and yeah, I can read minds and I have the power to levitate. So life's fantastic right now, man. Mm, good stuff. Looking forward to that. So what's next when you get your next booster? Do you know? Or is it kind of just like boss level? So I will be able to, I will be able to have the power of the sun. Mm. Like I'll be like the most powerful Avenger, but better because it's (laughs) the sun. Because no one's stronger than the sun. Many have tried. Many have tried. None none have succeeded. Many people have forgotten to put on sun lotion and failed big time. Exactly. Because no one's stronger than the sun. Nobody. Ultraviolet radiation is undefeated. That's true. Wow. I've not heard someone say (laughs) <laughs> sorry I've, I've heard someone say in so long i just used the uv radiation <laughs> I, I was gonna say do, do people say that often <laughs> like i mean i don't know like how often do you have you have a lot of faces for comparison that's when the, Am- amanda's in her garden attending to her green beans and she's like ah that ultraviolet man <laughs> she's like man th- this uv radiation is just so extreme today oh my goodness yeah, well it is it's good it's good to get out in the sun get your vitamin d Get a little UV rays. What's the scientific name for a green bean? Oh, that's a good one. I do not know offhand, but I'll know by next episode. So stay tuned, everyone, <laughs> for that scintillating segment. Bricolius verde. I don't know. My furniture just started floating from you saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> so. Oh, that was good. That was really good. So were you guys uh, both rooting for the Dodgers last night? Oh, I was going to bring that up because that seems to be the talking point amongst Nat's Twitter. And, you know, some people have a strong opinion and some people don't. They're like most of us just rooting for chaos and rooting for the storylines, not necessarily any uh, true rooting interest. But obviously I would like to see Max and Trey do well. Uh Max didn't go as long as I'm sure he wanted to. Clearly, <laughs> the, he the wanted whole, to murder Dave. The Roberts. whole situation w- with face? him, with him shaking Dave Roberts' hand when Dave Roberts reached for the ball <laughs> was. So I mean, I love that man. Uh, I love Max Scherzer. So Max Scherzer, not Dave Roberts. Um, and Trey had a pretty good game too. So it's like, you know, that that was cool. I was texting Ryan earlier. Um, so I was watching last night, you know, watching, watching, watching. I mean, it's a West Coast a game. game. So I, I was really, really tired. And it got to like 1230. They pulled TJ McFarland. They being the Cardinals, they pulled TJ McFarland. I was like, I can't do it. I am so tired. Turned it off. Four pitches later, walk off home run. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like falling asleep <laughs> on my couch and I literally like fell asleep and missed it. And I heard the roar and like jolted awake and was like, what the hell just happened? It was funny because like, I literally said to myself, oh, well, if the Dodgers win, it's going to be on a, a walk off anyway. So since since I knew a walk off was likely, I for some reason that made me care less, even though I could have just stayed up you know, another five minutes (laughs) and, and seen it. But like, for some reason I, I justified it saying, Oh, there's going to be a walk-off if the Dodgers win. So I don't need to see it. Like it wouldn't have been cool. I don't know. It was, it was was weird, yeah, (laughs) weird logic and justification on my part. So I like woke up and realized, Oh wait, that was literally, cause I, 
I saw they're bringing uh, Alex Reyes, and I was like, ah, I can't do it. And literally four pitch. I looked at his pitch count, four pitches. So I was like, oh no. <laughs> so dang, as Charlie and Dave would say, you blew it. Yeah, you missed the good ending. But I mean, I, I I don't. I've never hated the Dodgers. I even pre Max and Trey, I've never hated them. Even Mo- pre Mookie, like I just never hated them. I I don't view them as a Nats rival. I have no, excuse me, history where they like yeah like they they beat us what year was that 2016 or something was it it that they beat us yeah 2016 i think so i mean i but i don't even care about that really so i i have no reason to hate them is what i'm trying to say so i i don't care if they win or if i root for them i don't feel bad i don't know what you guys are i do hate them and I hate them a lot. And I hate that my two favorite nationals are playing for them now. So what I really want to technically, they're not nationals anymore. Yeah, they are in my world. (laughs) I'm Juan Soto's next. Yeah. Well, that's a ways off. So I'm not worried about that. (laughs) I'm going to kick that can right on down the road, but uh, no, I really wanted like max to go eight and give up one run and then the bullpen to blow it and the Dodgers to lose. Like that would have been the perfect scenario for me. Um, but yeah, I just hate the Dodgers. I didn't want them to win. I was rooting for the Cardinals. So I didn't get my way, but I did get my way in the other game. Almost. Hey, I, I predicted seven to two and it was six to two. So the AL game, I was pretty close, but I also hate the Yankees. So I was very pleased to see them lose. Yeah. Ryan, what about you? Do you, I mean, I, I assume you don't care if anyone roots for the Dodgers. No, I mean, the conversations about it were honestly kind of expected um especially with how fans felt with max and trey being traded um i never got in on the hating the dodgers thing i also don't really hate any teams i used to when i was younger but i hate the braves that's it i don't even I, hate the, i don't hate the mets i don't hate the phillies but i hate the braves see i don't i don't hate the braves i think well, the fans the are annoying there. Like yeah, their fans are annoying. I, I just think that's basically it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's basically yeah, it. Yeah, but like Philly know, like, fans are terrible too. Yeah, but, but they're f- terrible in a different way. Like Philly right, fans are agreed. funny. Philly fans are funny because they're so reckless. Braves fans are straight up racist towards Soto, and that pisses me off. And yeah. for some for some reason, I also justify it that all Philly fans, are, like Philly, as in Philadelphia, all all Philly fans are that way. And it seems like if you're a part of it, it, it's anytime this comes up, I refer to it as the Tom Wilson effect. If he's on your team, you love it. If he's not on your team, you hate it. If you are a Philly fan, a Philadelphia fan, you love it. If you're not a Philadelphia fan, you hate it. So I I think that's kind of a, a weird way of justifying it. Speaking of, you know, my weird logic and justification standards, uh, uh, for Philly fans, Phillies fans don't bother me because I just attribute it to the city of Philadelphia. And for some reason that makes it okay in my mind. Yeah. I, I, I know I can see where you're coming from. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Because... Oh, I, I, I'm not like arguing for it. It's just for some reason, that's my logic. It's like you don't, it's, it's, it's low expectations. I have very low expectations of people yeah. in Philadelphia. So they, and they meet them. So every time that's, yeah, whereas like Atlanta, if all of Atlanta was like that, that's one thing. But Falcons fans literally have no room to talk. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Hawks fans, I don't care enough about basketball. They don't have a hockey team. So it's like 
for some reason that it's just I only associate it with Braves fans. And like Ryan said, they're very disrespectful for, you know, the way they handle things, whereas Philly fans are just really goddamn annoying. It's kind of yeah. a different. It's so annoying. You almost respect it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because they just own it. Where... It's it's literally like OG Shaq. Like OG Nat Shaq came up today. Uh, Ryan literally said in the group chat, he's like, I used to be a really bad person. I saw that. I used to be a bad person on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have mellowed significantly, I would say. Since well, it's, it's, go- it's going back to what I was saying. Um, when I was like younger, like, well, I guess like in, un- <laughs> in undergrad. When that was a young <laughs> um when i was in like high school and undergrad like i used to like hate all these teams but then i don't know one day i was like that's stupid why do i hate these teams like it's just sports and ever since then like i don't hate any teams anymore so i don't hate the dodgers like don't even hate the penguins anymore just because i thought hating teams was dumb um but no, I mean, I never I got in on it. Yeah, I still hate the Penguins in Texas. I, I just, I don't know. I don't I just, hate, there's a lot of teams I don't hate. I hate Sidney Crosby. That's mainly it. Oh, so much. I hate so much. Um, I don't know. There's lots of teams I have no strong feelings about one way or another. I was really hoping that the Mariners would get into the playoffs because I was going to just root for the Mariners the whole way through. But that didn't happen. And uh, the Blue Jays were going to be my other bandwagon team. And that didn't happen either. So. There's really no teams that I have any sort of even ambivalence toward. I just have like animosity toward all these teams. Well, as a as a diehard fan of literally every single team <laughs> in the playoffs, I'm doing well. Not every team. Right? Uh, sure. I have I have way too many narratives about certain teams <laughs> where I will absolutely refuse to root for them. Like and, the Braves. And, uh, no, I do that to jinx them because everyone I pick loses. But like Yeah, so we might have to do Brave Shack. I was thinking that today. So uh, Ryan, and I, another mm. thing Ryan and I were talking about, we we do this thing every single. Well, I mean, it's Ryan, but I I assist, I, I get to help out. But this happens every single year with the uh, flipping back and forth. This has been going on since twenty sixteen. So mad. Twenty sixteen. <laughs> we're not joking. This this started with the Cubs and Indians World Series, and people seem to forget every single postseason, and it's awesome. <laughs> I know. I swear I was watching it happening yesterday and I was like, I mean, you've been doing this for years. How do people still get so wrapped up in it and so upset? It's really, really funny and entertaining. And this year it was, I guess, because the wildcard games were so uh, important with four historical franchises. um, So there was a lot of eyes on them. Whereas something like, like, uh, I guess we didn't get wildcard games last year, but um, like, a's and if the a's are in it like that kind of naturally takes away from the interest and whatnot no disrespect to the a's but to the casual fan like they're not as interested but i love it i feel like it's the last vestiges of og natchak when you do the yeah like ryan has mellowed (laughs) but he has kept some of the best parts like he even kept the win videos there just weren't many wins (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) few and far between but yeah i mean uh, going back to where we started, I I have no problem if the Dodgers win because it means another ring for Max and Trey, which uh, I'm fine with letting the Dodgers win another one mm. if it means Max and Trey win another one. I, I'm I'm fine Not with that. Me. I I don't have a rooting interest though. I don't want the Dodgers to win back to back. It's horrible. I, 
it's very hard to do. When's the last time we've seen it? Who was the last team that won a back to back? I don't know. I have Yankees. Yankees in the nineties, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has to I can't think so of anything that in the was, 2000s. You know, no. more than 20 years ago. So the fact that if if this was a uh like with the the NBA, it was Warriors Cavs for four straight years. That's when it would get annoying if it was just repetitive and repetitive. But the fact that we haven't seen this in a while, like it, it's very hard to go back to back. And I, I I don't I don't mind it. Next year, like if the Dodgers win this postseason or win this World Series, the next year I'm rooting against them. But this year I I don't mind it. This is kind of my like one leeway i guess but overall for the whole postseason i don't have a rooting interest i think if i had to pick one i want to see one it would be milwaukee because i do like when the smaller market teams win uh in any sport i like when the smaller market teams win but uh i'm not going to be broken up if the brewers don't win or be disappointed I just I'm rooting for storylines. I want like good action and I want like fun games to watch. Yeah, exactly. I don't want I mean sweeps would be fun in this round, but I don't want to sweep in the 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 championship series or anything like that. I want good series and good games and fun games to watch. I'd like to see the White Sox. They've got a good fun team. I I just I don't want Tony Larusa. I know that's the one I struggle with. Is like I'd like the White Sox to win. That series is going to be so interesting because the Astros straight up dominated today in Game One. They won six one. It wasn't close, but they used their best relievers. And now in Game Two, the White Sox are facing a lefty, and the White Sox are the best offensive team in baseball against left-handed pitchers. And the White Sox don't have to use any of their best relievers, so. I think that series is really, really interesting because everyone keeps forgetting one, how good the Astros are every single year. And also everyone's kind of just sleeping on the White Sox. So I'm pretty excited it about that series overall. It is an interesting series, absolutely. And I want the White Sox. Plus, I, you know how I feel about the Astros. So I very much want them With, to yeah. lose that series. With that series, I think the White Sox are not getting their credit just because of how bad and uh, uninteresting the AL Central was. Not that that obviously is uh, a indictment or the fault of the White Sox. They play who they're scheduled to play. They can't control other teams' competitive level. But I think that's why they're kind of slept on. And then the Astros, obviously, because it's cheating, nobody wants to give them any credit that they're able to do this without any help. But you look at that lineup, like even in my head, I was like, okay, they have Altuve, Correa. I know Jordan is back they have you know kyle tucker they they have michael brantley and i i was like basically named their whole starting lineup and didn't really think twice about it but then you see the actual lineup you're like holy shoot that is a legitimate lineup like how does anyone pitch to that they're really good yeah yeah it's gonna be a good one it is gonna be a good one so So speaking of rooting interest you know who is rooting for the dodgers is one mr juan soto yeah, uh, I, I thought that was cool. I'm not concerned about it. I, I like seeing this. This was my argument for Marcus Stroman. I like these personalities that you get mm-hmm. to see and hear from outside of when they're on your screen playing for their team. And Juan Soto falls under that category. He's he's young, so he's still kind of like growing into that role. I think he's not uh, a huge showy person, but he he likes to have fun. Clearly. 
I mean, that's, yeah. he's he, a big he, he loves, the, he loves the game and, and, you know, him being there in a Nats trade tournament, like <sighs> that was such so a good way to be not, not even showy, but for lack of a better word, like that was a good way to be showy and be a big personality. Cause you're just rooting for your guy. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that was really cool. So I, I mean, I have no problem with it. Not that no, I would I anyways, but I, I know so, some people, you know, hit their panic alarm right away well i know people are like he wants to go to the dodgers i'm like he is not a free agent for a damn long time it doesn't matter what he wants and i don't mm-hmm. think that this has anything to do with that but i thought it was freaking awesome it was so fun to see a guy just you know a guy of his stature a guy who's like a huge name one of the faces of the game at this point just showing up as a fan and sitting there behind home plate and rooting for his friends like that was awesome and i bet he made a whole lot of new fans last night with that and kevin long was there too which i know was I don't know, not that we need to read in too much into it, but as content creators, we need to read too much into it. But uh, it it was just weird that of all people, Kevin Long was, and obviously Kevin Long has been with the team for a while now, won a World Series, worked with Trey and whatnot. And and this isn't to say he doesn't belong there, but you would think Juan would be there with a teammate or yeah Davy or something so it was just weird I was like Kevin Long like it, it maybe wasn't, he needs it, to visit with Max I don't think Max has gotten on base once this whole season yeah so it, it was just weird that of all people Juan was with he was with Kevin <laughs> Long a strange choice yeah but what I were your it, thoughts on all of that Brian Juan Soto is the first fan in baseball history who can literally send the stance and say, I can hit better than these guys and be right. <laughs> For sure. was, when he's like, well, how could you swing at that? He'd be the only person who has any room to talk. It was, it was pretty cool. Like they're genuine friends, you know, like with the batting title, Juan and Trey were like taking shots at each other through reporters. And then they're both like calming each other's social media, like congratulating each other. Over. It was pretty cool. But my favorite part was after the game when mm-hmm. Trey ran over Trey like said something about his jersey and then like about Juan's Nats jersey and then like started like pulling up his Dodgers jersey. And of course there's no audio on it, but like it kind of like looked like Trey was like, you got to get yourself one of these. So like, I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. Like two buds just messing around each other, but it was really cool. You know, it's, it's good to see that they're still friends and everything, even after being traded, like all these guys know it's a business, but they do make friends with all these guys that are here on the teams with them. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I loved the moment too, where Max went over and was like high five in Soto and Kevin Long through the netting. It was mm-hmm. just fun. It was cool to see. I th- and I, th- I think it's just one of those moments where you're like, it, it, it's a lighthearted moment and it was something really cool. I, I bet that Max and, and for Max and Trey, it was really cool to have that kind of support from, because, you know, these guys got traded. I saw some, somebody on Twitter today talking about like, you know, Max just this she's chasing a cheap ring. It's just I saw that too. Oh God, I was like, he got traded. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, and I was gonna bring that up. Like, it's such a lazy argument to say, oh, I don't root for the Dodgers because Max and Trey are chasing a cheap ring. Like, just first of all, they've already won a ring. They don't need to chase another one. Second of all, they got traded. And, you know, and Trey didn't seem very damn happy about it. No, he was not. (laughs) But third, it's a a side that we don't see of players uh, in that they're still friends with other guys on that aren't on their team. Like typically when we see 
friendships and romances like Trey and Anthony Rendon. They were best friends. They had T-shirts of each other's faces while they were both on the Nats. Uh, Tony goes to L.A. and you don't hear about any relationships between them anymore. Whereas, you know, I'm sure they're still buddies yeah, right. and they're but, still talking but that's to what, each other. That's right. what I'm saying. Like, we don't see anything. So we just assume they're not friends anymore. Not we, but I just mean we like the collective yeah. general audience just assume they're not friends anymore when that's very much not the case. Like these uh, players form friendships that are lifelong and can withstand uh, different teams and long distance relationships, <laughs> I guess. For it, lack of a better phrase. <laughs> and, and even if it, even if Max and Trey were ring chasing, nobody cares. Nobody cares. That a lot. If you're signing with a team, part of your decision process is, can I win a World Series here? For every single player, they have that players want. It should be what every player. Why is I? I'd never gotten the the hate on ring chasing. Like you are literally in in most cases, you're forfeiting some money to go to a situation where you're more likely to win. I have no problem with that. You're making a sacrifice to uh, put yourself in a better position. What's wrong with that? I've just never gotten the hate, so I have no problem with anything about. (laughs) <laughs> the Nats uh, players or former players regarding the game last night, but yeah. And you know what, even if they, like, if they were chasing a ring, there would be nothing wrong with that. And that's just not the case here because they were traded. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So just, it's just dumb. But what do you think of the other wildcard game? Cause I was on the Yankees. I think Ryan was on the Yankees. I know Amanda, you said you were on the Red Sox, but I just didn't, not that I didn't expect it. It's not like it was entirely surprising. The Red Sox won, but I just, expected more from the Yankees I guess and maybe that's where I went wrong <laughs> but well, it was a pretty um anemic performance certainly if that I game was in Yankee Stadium um the Yankees went because John Carlos Stanton played ping pong with the green monster and just yes, he did. didn't and just didn't run um but that was such a good game in large part because how the how the crowd Schwarber how the crowd was like that was the first playoff game with fans we had in two years and Fenway was loud and they were hyped there's nothing better than 40,000 people chanting the pitcher's name like if you're a goalie or a pitcher and your name's two syllables change your name you know the entire crowd's going to chant it Mm -hmm. and it was just awesome like when Xander hit his home run that place went absolutely ballistic and that place was hyped the entire night and it was great you know like Yankees Red Sox is a good rivalry. There's other rivalries that are approaching on it, but like Yankees Red Sox is a huge draw to even moderate fans. Like as we saw what the ratings were, it was a huge win for baseball. Both games were, and like, it was fun. The Yankees laid a complete egg. Um, They had a lot of missed opportunities, which is really funny because they are the lowest chase rate in the American league. And they were chasing the entire night. And it was just, it was a good game, you know. Garrett Cole, three hundred thirty million dollars. He can't even go five innings. And that's what you're paid for. So there's gonna be uh, a real... he was harassed beyond oh belief. My God, and he could not perform under the circumstances. Did yeah. you see someone had a Kermit the Frog in the stands? Yeah, like did how you... are you supposed to pitch with that, Doug? Did you did you see the video? The guy was like, "That's a ball," as he's like <laughs> holding up his Kermit. He's like, "Oh, that's another ball." Like the entire time he's throwing the bullpen, all he was yelling is, "That's a ball." <laughs> yeah it was 
I don't know. That game was really fun. I did think that the atmosphere, like from before first pitch, like you could feel it watching the game on TV, what that, what Fenway was like. It was awesome. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And of course I was rooting against the Yankees, not for the Red Sox because Boston fans suck, but um, they definitely brought the, they brought the atmosphere and they, they, they brought the excitement and it was cool. And there were tons of Yankees fans there as well. So I loved it. It was a great game. Have you guys seen, I believe it's Texas A&M, and I apologize if it's not, their college baseball games. So if um, once a pitcher walks somebody on four pitches, before the next pitch, they'll go, ball five, ball five, and keep doing it. And there's YouTube clips of, I think one pitcher threw nine straight balls. I was, was going to say he threw nine the crowd, straight balls. The crowd was letting him hear it like that's 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 in college so yeah. of course when you get to the major leagues like you're gonna have in a, yes sometimes it goes too far as we've seen especially in boston right but, right Boston's i mean you can't just assume everyone's gonna be the most polite and peaceful uh fan ever especially in a playoff game against your rival like uh, i mean come on you're that's okay that's gotta, what irritated me about that tweet it's one of the most bigger rivalries in all the sports. Everyone right. in Boston is born and raised to hate the Yankees, and it's the same vice Even versa. Even if you're not a Red Sox fan, you're not allowed to like the Yankees. Like exactly. It, it is vice versa. Like It's like being born in Pittsburgh. Like When you come out of the womb, they wrap you in a terrible towel. Like It's just <laughs> part of life. And like, and Anna, it's just irritating me that the guy was complaining about, especially literally in 2019, after the reports of like Yankee fans were making fun of Zach Greinke's anxiety and everything. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah like yeah. is it is it wrong probably is it expected a hundred percent it's just like i'm not trying to justify it but it, it it's it's comes with the territory like what do you expect but yeah it absolutely does i i think it's, it's always funny to me how when you go to a game at nats park it's like so unfailingly polite <laughs> even the playoff games <laughs> well yeah the 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 meanest thing you get is the ushers calling you a c word to sit down yeah, exactly. People get thrown out for, you know, standing not, up during a play, standing game. up, du- right. Standing up. The, with the audacity. The audacity. Yeah. Not the same atmosphere at Nath Park. So yeah. Do Boston fans sometimes take it too far? Yeah. They're, they're pretty well known for that, but um, it was definitely, I don't know. I thought it was an awesome game. I really enjoyed it. And it was just a great way to start the playoffs. Like I, it got me all. It was perfect. The, yeah, absolutely. So two really fun wildcard games. Obviously, I, you know, I love a pitcher's duel. So last night's game was phenomenal, even though I was having a hard time staying awake by the end. Yeah, like we got a little bit of both. Like Ryan said, you know, John Carlos Dan was just mashing them. And at least that got your hopes up, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, oh, my God, he just murdered. Oh, nope. Where did I go Wasn't wrong? What did, what did I do wrong? <laughs> some point who called it a called it a home run. Stantonian like, oh, home yeah. run. Oh, wait, he's at first. What did I do wrong? <laughs> One of the all time calls. <laughs> he literally goes, now, what did I do wrong? <laughs> what did I do wrong? <laughs> oh, man. There are some calls that just live in infamy. That's definitely that, that it was so great. But the camera made it look like it was an insane home run. And we just saw Stanton do it like two weeks prior where he hit the most. And then it pans and it's just ding right off the green monster. Right. But he did it two (laughs) weeks prior. Wasn't it a grand slam where he 
destroyed it over like the deep part of the monster too it was not a cheap shot so he kind of hit it to the same part of the monster so the camera pans out like they have to see how far over the monster goes it goes right off the monster Mm -hmm. so i've i assume i think it was the radio call i assume they're not there in boston so he's looking at the the broadcast just like we are that's a good point i hadn't even thought of that and espn's mics are so obnoxious if you just like have a broken bat sounds like you're going 500 feet like espn has like 15 (laughs) mics right at home plate so that was uh another thing i wanted to bring up did you guys see uh matt vaskersion is uh leaving the espn booth free him espn holds him back I, i agree i always forget well, I don't forget, but hey, like, I'm going. always I'm always like, damn, he's the he's the Angels guy. He does all the Angels games. Hmm. Yeah, he, always, uh, he signed on for that this year. Yeah, it's it's insanely lucky <laughs> to, for the Angels to have some because I love Matt Vaskersian's calls. I mean, he's the voice of MLB The Show. It, it, it's awesome. Uh, but I don't play MLB The Show, so I have no fun. Well, you're missing out. Well, it depends. Um, I do not have time. But uh, I guess they're they're probably going to bring in someone not great. I assume they're probably going to keep a rod. But do you guys have like a dream oh. a dream booth for Sunday night baseball? Oh, I'd have to think about that. It would not have a rod in it. I don't mind a rod. I don't mind a rod. You know what I like about him? Yankees He's a baseball player. Like Jesus Christ. I mean. Have you heard Bob and FD? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, and I'm not, not advocating isolated. for them to be in the <laughs> yeah. Sunday Night Baseball booth either. That's not isolated to just A-Rod. No, but he's just not, he's not great. Like, he's not good enough at that job to justify the high-profile games he gets to call. I didn't like, um, what's her, um, who did they have, who was the lady in the booth with them last year, early year before? Mm, I'm Jess her name. Mendoza? Jessica was Mendoza. It? Yeah. She was she was pretty rough to listen to. Just like I mean, she had some good points, but man, her uh like breakdown of the game was just it was just rough. But yeah, I just feel like that's such a high profile. I mean, Sunday night baseball, you, you just you need to get the people who are the best in the game. I know A-Rod's a big name because of you know because of his history as a player but he's not he's not good in the booth he's just not even going from wildcard on espn to wildcard on tbs the tbs broadcast is so much better and it's It's i mean it's ernie and ernie's a legend but ernie does basketball so the fact that ernie's second secondary position being baseball and he's so much better than the espn booth is crazy who was it who called the wild card game when the Nats won in 2020? Johnson. Yeah, it was right. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. I like him. He does a great job. I mean, he has one of, well, at least in Nats fans' eyes, he has one of the most iconic calls with nobody oh, in this it. joint cares. And nobody in this joint cares. I love that call. That was like, fantastic. It's, it's phenomenal. Meanwhile, Every time I hear it, it makes me think of Juan Soto pounding his chest when he's after he's, you know, after he's out. Such a good moment. Yeah, on my to all time top list of things to see that I've seen live at Nats Park. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what my best moment at Nats Park would be. I mean, it would probably have to be the home run derby. Yeah, that would be. I think my top three would be probably the derby and that wild card game, and uh, watching them win the World Series there at the park with the crowd. 
tell you what the uh watching the wild card game last night though gave me big time flashbacks to oh, uh yes. to when i was there last time because i uh i'm going to california in a couple weeks i will be there should the dodgers advance to the world series i will be there during that time oh that's so, exciting i mean the nats won't be in it obviously <laughs> but obviously. i wouldn't mind you know seeing dodgers fans surrender surrender cobra again like that that wouldn't I wouldn't hate that. So. No, that'd be fun, and it would still be cool to see Max and Trey if they if the Dodgers get that far. No, it depends how much uh, the World Series ticket costs. Uh, then we'll decide how cool it would be. <laughs> it's also cool to watch them on television. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also cool to use Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming. If you know what I'm saying, make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming in their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other and get ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our promo code HSHH20. Like I said, you'll get 20% off and free shipping off your entire order. No exclusions. There's no uh, gimmicks. There's no, you know, oh, but except this. No. 20% off your entire order. The performance package comes with the best tool in men's grooming, the Lawnmower 4.0. But it also comes with the Weed Whacker, which is their ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Reviver and Crop Toner, which was a nice little deodorant and revival spray for uh, your boys down there, which is very nice. And they throw in a pair of boxers and a travel bag for all that stuff. So literally no reason not to do it. Go to manscaped.com. Use our promo code HSHH20 for 20% off and free shipping. You will not regret it. So go do it now. We did get some some Nats news. Granted, uh, based on the reaction on Twitter, wasn't the news everyone wanted to hear but when you think about it it's not the most unexpected news either the nats already re-signed alcides escobar to a one-year one million dollar deal and we always say there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal i saw people comparing it to the josh harrison deal last year which they did the exact same thing they signed josh harrison during the postseason for the 2021 season so Exact same, literally the exact same. I think it's the same amount of money even. Um, and kind of the same role, that utility role, whereas, you know, Escobar just plays second and short, but it's kind of what the Nats have needed for quite some time. I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts. I am fine with it as long as he's not starting. That's kind of where so, it's pretty interesting. Um, one year, one mil. I'm pretty surprised he would sign that already. I thought for sure he would be one of the people who wait for the new CBA, mainly because who knows what the league minimum is going to be. Um, probably be close to a million, honestly. So I thought he would wait so that way he could get more money. But he provides a little bit of flexibility for the Nats. If he's a starting shortstop, we're going to Maybe have he it. likes it here. Maybe he likes it here. I mean... He was stuck in the minors in Kansas City. So yeah, yeah. Where's the Rays trip or not the Rays, the Royals triple A? So like um, I think Wichita it's like, or something. It's so, it's somewhere random in the Midwest, but the Midwest isn't real, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> but 
it offers them versatility. And like, if, as I was saying, if he's a starting shortstop, we have some issues, but if the Nats sign a third baseman, then he can play short. If the Nats sign a shortstop, he can play second. It all, it allows him to be a stopgap for Keyboom and Garcia. Garcia showed that he's wasn't consistent. He showed flashes. He wasn't consistent. He can need some fine tuning. Lord knows what Carter Keyboom needs. He was did not finish the year very well. So it kind of gives Nats flexibility there. So like, I think he's going to be playing one of those positions to start the year. The question is going to be which one, because the Nats are probably going to get a infielder. Um, he's not very good defensively. Unfortunately, if he's playing shortstop, that's going to hurt you. He had a negative four DRS and 70 games, which is kind of impressive for how bad that is. His range isn't very good at shortstop either. So if you sign a shortstop, Escobar plays second, Garcia goes down. If you know they sign a third baseman, then Keeping goes down, he can play short. That's the versatility there. I was annoyed they signed him, but one year, one million. There's no opinions whatsoever on it. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, you know, obviously, as you both just said, if he's your starting shortstop, that's it. You know, you can just seriously, you can just punt on the year right at the beginning. Like you could, they're, they're signaling if they make him their starting shortstop, that they're not trying to compete next year. So I actually kind of see that as a bellwether, but, um, you know, he, he overperformed. I mean, he's, he's only 34. So he's not like, you know, as creaky as some of the guys, the Nets have been signing in the past. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good descriptor. But, uh, you know, one year, one million, I just actually, for the production, I got, what did he end up hitting? Like two, 285, 290, somewhere in the, somewhere in that range. I don't think it was that. I think it was like 270, but it's still obviously respectable. Decent. Yeah, absolutely. Decent production. And if he's a depth piece, I think it's a fantastic signing and, uh, for cheap. And he gives you that versatility in the infield. And, uh, I actually like the signing provided they sign somebody else to be the shortstop. I also think, and I don't say this because I am like some Nats fans that just can't let go of players from the past, but I can also see them re-signing Josh Harrison because yeah. Josh Harris, they, having a guy like that is so invaluable to a team that can he can play, what, five different positions? Uh, maybe not short, so four, but no, he's played center field, right? Yeah. Yeah, so technically five with second, third, and then all three outfield positions. I mean, even if he only played four, that's still extremely valuable. So, And he's not going to break the bank to do so either. Like he had a very solid year, especially for us. He was was great at times uh, for stretches. So they could do that. And if you have uh, Yadiel and – not Yadiel, uh, Alcides Escobar and – and Josh Harrison on your bench that you're doing extremely well because they can fill in uh, in a variety of ways. But if they're stop gaps, like Ryan said, it's not the worst thing in the world either, but you also know you're not competing in 2022 because that's not conducive to a competitive lineup. But again, you know, it's all about having the correct expectations for your team as far as the 2022 season goes. And if you can provide a little bit uh, more time and uh, flexibility with allowing Garcia and Keyboom to grow, and you do that by signing people like uh, Escobar and Harrison, I'm all for it. I, I, I think it's a, a good move and I'm not surprised either. 
because if there's a rapport and uh, a mutual um, interest between Nats and player, then why not? Why not just get it done now? Yeah. And plus it, it opens the door to sign someone big. Like if you obviously sign a Carlos Correa or Chris Bryant, that's going to take a lot of your uh, disposable cap or disposable income. So you kind of need these cheap deals to round out your roster. So they're kind of just doing it backwards that they're starting with the cheap deals so they can spend big elsewhere. So I'm all for it as long as they make the moves we expect them to make. The question for you guys, lots of people on Twitter clamoring for the return of Kyle Schwarber. I'll lots let Ryan go. Cause uh, Ryan, <laughs> I has, know feelings Ryan has feelings. No, look, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> just because you hit home runs does not mean you're good. Okay. Kyle Schwarber literally had one of the best months in baseball history in his OPS was barely above 900 for the Nats. Like, yes, that's good. But if you hit like 30 home runs in a month, your OPS should be way above that. I digress. Um, Kyle Schwarber is not leaving Boston. He's going to get a good three-year, probably 20 Seems million. Seems like a AAV. really good fit there. Yeah, it's an entire hitter-friendly division. He's also way above who he is as a player. He should have some regression. He's going to get a three-year, $20 million deal with the AAV. Nats have way too many moves. They should not bring him back. He does not make sense for this team's plans right now. And like anytime Nats players like someone is bring him back. No, move on. <laughs> he had his time here. The Nats got a decent return for him. Enjoy it. They have too many other things to address and bringing him back should not be a priority. He had a 3.2 war this year, which is solid, but his career war is only nine. So Ryan has a legitimate argument there that he's playing above who he is. And I, I understand a lot of that is due to injury and whatnot, but he's going into his age 29 season, which, you know, not bad if you do him for a, a three or four year deal again, not bad, but what kind of guy are you getting? There's not necessarily a track record of consistent performance in 2020. He was abysmal. He was so bad in 2020. And, you know, we have the mindset here that if 2020 helps, then use it. If it doesn't, then get rid of it. So that mindset would have us get rid of 2020. But even in 2019, he played 155 games, which basically, you know, entire season, season. you know, he had an 871 OPS, which again is solid, but that goes to Ryan's point. Like if you're hitting as many home runs as Kyle Schwarber, he had 38 home runs in 2019 and his OPS was only 871. Like it, it should, it should be higher. Right? You know, so people assume if you hit a lot of home runs, you're good. Adam Duvall hit 40 home runs. And that was WRC my plus. His WRC plus was one oh one. Okay, like that's barely above league average. Just because you hit home runs does not mean you're good. There's other ways to measure a player to figure out if you're good. Home runs does not mean it. Okay. In 2017, he had 30 home runs. OPS, 782. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, a big part of OPS is the slugging. So I do do like Kyle Schwarber. But yeah, your on base is not good if you're hitting that many home runs and you're your OPS is that low. I like Schorber too. And I think that he could be a guy like on a team where he's a luxury, like you've got all the pieces in place and you just want a guy with some power. Great. 
go get a guy like Kyle Schwarber, but on a team in the middle of a rebuild with a bunch of young guys who need playing time and you don't have a lineup where you can go out and get a piece that's just a luxury for some power. Like you've got to, you've got to build some, you've got a lot of holes that you need to fill. And, and Kyle Schwarber just is not the right fit for any of the holes that the Nats have right now. So while I like Schwarber and that June was super fun, like just getting to have him on the team for half a season and see a historic month with, you know, it was, it was must see TV. Like you had to watch every game to see what Schwarber was going to do. It was awesome. But you know, he's, he's overperforming. He's going to regress to the mean and uh, he doesn't make any sense for the Nats. Man, I'm watching the uh, Red Sox Rays game right now. And I'm just, whoever's behind the, uh, whoever's the umpire behind the plate, just missed like three strike calls in a row. It was, it was nice. pretty tough. I thought pretty, Joe West it was, retired. It was there. really tough to watch where I'm just like, oof, 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 like three yeah. times in a row. It, it was bad. And then of course he ended up walking him. Um, Bring yeah, me the robot umps. Ryan had a great point when we were interviewing Matt last episode. Kyle Schwarber just doesn't speed up a rebuild. Is he nice to have on your team? Sure. But Amanda, like you said, he needs to be a luxury where he can boost a lineup, not be the guy in a lineup. And we were talking about that from, you know, when the season started, like April to May or April to early June, where Kyle Schwarberg, he wasn't doing anything. And then he had a hot June. And obviously we all loved June. It was awesome. Super freaking fun. But it's if he's not doing that, he's not doing anything. And that's just kind of how his career goes. If he's not an insane hitter, he's Mm -hmm. barely a hitter. So famine, right. So I I agree. Like he, he, if your lineup can afford a a feast or famine hitter, great. Kyle Schober is your guy. But if you're like the Nats where you need consistency and someone to build off of, Kyle Schwarber's not the guy because even in June we were winning games only because of Kyle Schwarber, not because everyone was building off Kyle Schwarber, not because we were getting guys on for Kyle Schwarber. It was just Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> if he doesn't get hurt and that it all falls apart in July, like if, if things continued for Schwarber and we were winning a bunch of games because of Schwarber, do you think they still sell off like they do? No, but I, I am glad it, it worked out the way it did. Like yeah. I, I, I didn't like from a, a true fan standpoint, I didn't love the the deadline, but it is absolutely what was best for the team. Yeah. And the, the shorter injury was the starting point for what ended up happening and it needed to happen. It did. And if they had not done it this year, it still neat. It still would have happened eventually. And they right. did get a fantastic return for right the guys so yeah it's you know, we don't need to revisit the trade deadline again it's just an interesting like alternate history you know thought exercise be like right. what happens if schwarber continues into july like he did in june like even if it didn't happen this deadline it's probably happening happening next deadline and we're still trading trey and then we let max walk for nothing but what a compensatory pick like yeah. and we don't have josiah gray or uh cave ruiz or any of these young guys that we really are going to depend on. So it it worked out the way it was supposed to. That's my mindset on this. I saw somebody say that um, they were, I forget who it was. Somebody on Twitter said, I hope that Soto and and K-Long just 
follow the Dodgers around through the postseason and hang around and then bring Max back with them when they come. So that's another one people are talking about that I thought we should hit on. Like, what do you guys think about the option of bringing Max back? He's still obviously performing at a massively high level. No. Uh, He he didn't even go five innings, so I don't want him. Yeah, he could have. I swear to God, if they had lost, I said to my husband when we were watching the game last night, I was like, if the Dodgers lose this game, I fear for Dave Roberts' safety. Like, Well, they literally won because they took him out. Like the Nats, if he's yes, yes, Max in eliminate. Max, first of all, Max has the second highest ERA in elimination games in MLB history. Everyone's like, "Oh, elimination game, Max. You want no one else up there?" No, I want literally anyone else up there. Um, <laughs> You're gonna get so much crap for that. I don't care. Stats don't <laughs> lie. Stats don't care about your feelings. Okay, that's a fact. Second of all, no, I don't want him. I do you not mean, want to bring. Ryan in doesn't a- care about your feelings either. Yeah, that's worth. No. Yeah, <laughs> Stats your and Ryan, things that don't care about your feelings. I don't <laughs> want a thirty-eight-year-old pitcher who's gonna want over thirty million dollars a year on a rebuilding team. A team already has probably the worst contract in baseball right now in the pitcher. Mm-hmm. What might become the second worst contract Corbin? in baseball? Well, yeah, he saw. Oh, I thought you're talking about the Dodgers and Trevor Bauer. No, 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 no. Okay, so that's an issue. So I don't want him to come here in the Nats. They have too many other issues. Thank you for everything, Max. It was fantastic. Unless you want to sign a one-year, $9 million contract, he ain't coming back. Well, I say unless he's signing a one-year, $9 million contract, which he obviously isn't, you may say he ain't coming back, but that doesn't mean the learners might not offer him. If they think they're going to speed up this rebuild, and that's the other thing, these are the kind of moves that are going to tell you what they're trying to do next year. If they make LCDs Escobar the starting shortstop, you know they're not trying to compete. If they try to re-sign Max, they're trying to compete next year. So it'll be really interesting to watch the moves in the offseason to see what, what the ownership group does for the Nats because it's, it's going to tell us, it's going to signal to us what they're, what they're actually thinking and what they're trying to do next year. thing is, I, I, I view this as closer to a rebuild than a retool. I know we throw those words around interchangeably. You see them uh, used interchangeably and all that stuff. But like, if it's a scale of retool to rebuild, it's closer to rebuild. And all that is just to say that we need sustainable pieces for more than just 2022. And Max is not that. Max very well could have a Cy Young caliber season in 2022 but we don't know who he's going to be in 2023. If he's even going to be pitching in 2023. And that's not a risk we can take. Like we, we can't sign him to a three year deal worth probably like a hundred million dollars just for his production in 2022. When we're not ready, we need something more sustainable, which is why we need these. We can do like three or four year deals, even though we might not be competitive for another two or three years. But as long as the production is sustainable, which is like why a Marcus Semyon makes sense for on a three or four year deal, because mm-hmm. his production, even on the lower end of kind of what we've seen is, is sustainable and it's solid. It's not like a uh, albatross or uh, an anchor to uh, an offense or anything like that. So that's why he makes sense. Max doesn't because you can only project so far just because of his age. Obviously, the talent is obviously there. He's freaking Max Scherzer, but because of the age, he shouldn't even be able to do what he, what he's been doing now. So you don't know when that's going to go away, which at some point it will, 
whether we want it to or not, whether he wants it to, to or not, it's going to go away at some point. And the Nats are not in a position to survive that. They need something consistent. I completely agree with that. And you, you know, I love Max Scherzer. I would love for him to be a Nat again. However, you're absolutely right about all of that. He makes absolutely no sense for a team in the position the Nats are in right now. So I don't want them to re-sign him, even though I would dearly love to have him back. But it just doesn't make any sense. If And I think Rizzo is smart enough and knows what he's doing enough to understand that. So I don't expect it. If, like I said, if they do try to, re, even if they don't succeed, if they even get their hat in the ring and try to re-sign him, that tells you that they've got designs on winning next year. And I just don't think that's the case. I don't expect that to happen. But like, what would those designs even look like? Max is kind of, at this point in his career, he's the Kyle Schwarber type. He's the luxury to a team that already has a good staff that needs to be great, but he's not the solution to a team's bad rotation. No. And I think that if you use what would it look like? Like if they go out and get Chris Bryant and they try to re-sign Max or they go back and get Schwarber, like if they go out and start signing big, big names, but they can only say they're trying to compete, but they're not see the learners. You're right. You're obviously right. I just all I'm trying to say is they they can only do so much in one offseason. They they it's not like we can go uh you know Madden franchise mode where you sign Bryant, sign Correa, sign uh Castiano, <laughs> sign Max Scherzer, sign uh Rodon. Like it's not really I mean you can, but doesn't that there's no way the learners are gonna right. Well that that's that's what I mean. Like so the best case scenario is signing Max and let's just say Max and Correa. It's not enough. It just isn't. Nope. So there's no point in doing it. Use that money elsewhere for something more sustainable. Yep. Agreed. But we'll see. Obviously, we haven't even gotten into the offseason yet, really. That playoffs are still going on. The uh, offseason is going to be interesting with the CBA and people wanting to wait to see what the minimums look like, to see what the maximum looks like, to see if there's a salary floor, to see if there's a a hard cap. Like we don't know anything yet. The players seemingly don't know anything yet. So they're going to want to wait. Obviously it's in their best interest to wait. So who knows what deals get done. If at all the, what CBA expires December 1st, Ryan. Yes. December 1st. Okay. So I mean, there's plenty of time before then, but we've seen even in non-CBA years, we've seen people wait till February to sign. So it might be a while. So we got plenty of time to talk about this. So let's just uh, talk about the playoffs some more and highlight the series going on. The Rays, seemingly, the game's still going on. Seems like they're going to take game one from the Sox. Um, the Astros took game one from the White Sox. And then tomorrow is the best day of the baseball year. We get four wild card, or not wild card games, but four DS games back to back to back to back. Best baseball day of the year. So what are some uh, things you guys are looking forward to? Some things you're looking for and uh, your general thoughts and expectations on the DS? I think... The Giants-Dodgers series is really interesting. Um, the fans don't like each other. It's a good divisional rivalry. Also, they are you know, statistically the two best teams in baseball, even though the Giants are absolute frauds. <laughs> um, so that's going to be fun. All these 
four series are really interesting. People are sleeping on the Braves. Um, I kind of feel like this is like how the Reds series was last year. People are like, oh, the Reds rotation is so good. They're going to go through it. The Brewers lineup is kind of iffy. Um, the rotation and bullpen is very, very good. But, you know, the Braves rotation can't match that. It's not as good, but it can be matched. And the Braves lineup is a lot better than the Brewers. So I think that is kind of a trap series for the Brewers. And it's going to be very interesting to see. Um, White Sox, Astros, how's I talked about? It's really interesting. The Rays cheap. Their numbers just don't make sense when you look at their roster, but they're somehow good. They're currently beating the um, Red Sox 5 nothing. Randy Rosarina just stole home. So Did he really? Oh, I can't believe I missed that. He I just, need to go find that. He, he just straight stole home. So, yeah, I mean, there's good storylines in all of these series, and we could have some upsets in each series. I'm pretty excited to watch it. Yeah, yeah, there's just good stuff. I mean, I, I'm really excited about the the Giants-Dodgers series. I always love it when two teams from the same division face each other in the playoffs. I was just going to say that. It's yeah, cool it's how the so wild card games led into divisional division series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just always makes it fun because the fan bases don't like each other. The teams don't like each other. And they know each other so well. The hitters know the pitchers. And, you know, it's – I don't know. I, I'm always down for any – playoff series that involves two teams out of the same division but you know to have two teams that won 107 and 106 games face off in the first round of the playoffs is is bananas that one is probably the one that i think is the most fun and exciting um i hate houston with a purple passion Uh, i can't i desperately want the white Sox to win that one i think they probably won't um what else tampa bay (laughs) you said it right those they just always exceed your expectations you're just always like oh it had to be a fluke they're such a low payroll team there's no way they can keep competing like this and then they just keep doing it and a rosarania is obviously already on his crazy october magic mode doing all kinds of didn't he hit a bomb earlier before he's now stolen home which i need to find the video of um what else do we have going oh braves brewers um i don't know man the braves it's just it was such a bad division what did they win? 88 games? Yeah. Is that their final? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that the Braves are frauds. I think they're I think the Brewers are going to take that series. Uh, it's hard to call an 88 win team fraud fraudulent. Yeah. <laughs> I think Ryan just called the Giants frauds. Well, they won 107 games. That's well, I guess that kind of logic works backwards, but uh, <laughs> I mean, I see I see where Ryan's coming from. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, there's good stuff all over, but if I had to pick my favorite series, it would be LA San Francisco. Yeah, I think that's going to be the best one because what was the season series? It ended up being like nine, eight, or 10, nine. Yeah, or, there's just so no, 17 games so and nine, eight. So, and every, I think the run differential was even or like the <laughs> Giants crazy. scored one more run than the Dodgers did. It was like 77 to 76 or something absurd. So that, that it just seems like it's going to be a really, Slugfest. really, Absolutely. really good series. Um, one note on the Braves Brewers, Devin Williams is out for the postseason because he what punched <laughs> a locker, not even angrily like we normally see whenever this story, this type of story comes out. He was celebrating after Drunken the Brewers stupidity. clinched, <laughs> which, by the way, you guys see Max drunk last night with a shirt off. I'm sure you did, Amanda. I'm sure you did, Amanda. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> um, I'm married, not dead, <laughs> but uh, 
uh, I don't even remember what I was saying. All I can think about is Max with the shirt off now. Um, no, Devin oh, Williams. Too. <laughs> yeah, I'm married, not dead. Um, but with Devin Williams, I mean, he's arguably the, the Brewers' best reliever, even better than Josh Hader, uh, arguably. Um, so was that's the, a, that was the best yeah, reliever so, in this playoff. So that that's a huge loss to them. One not to be uh, over or understated. Understated. Yeah. Overstated. Uh, overstated understand ah, no. you know what i mean you know what i'm trying to say <laughs> and obviously like ryan pointed out earlier their lineup isn't their strength it's okay but it's not their strength their strength is pitching so any opportunities within a nine inning game uh that they're giving another team is a huge opportunity not just like a small one like if the dodgers dodgers have clayton kershaw go down for the whole postseason right we didn't talk about that they're still gonna be fine because their strength isn't just within their pitching staff, uh, both um, rotation and bullpen. Their strength is all around lineup, staff, bullpen, all above, all the above. Yeah, they don't really have any holes. Right. So, whereas the Brewers, it is just pitching. So, any pitcher goes down, it, it, it's a massive opportunity for the Braves to capitalize. And the Braves are one game away from the World Series last year. So, you can't discount them either. I think Ryan's right about that again like people are overlooking the Braves maybe because of the NL East maybe because of the injuries no Acuna um so I, I do think that will be an interesting series I rooting for the Brewers obviously but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves win I think the Rays are just a machine makes no sense they got to be cheating it is what it is I think they handle the Red Sox uh, I think the Astros win even though I don't like either of those teams uh, specifically their managers, but it is what it is. Uh, what's the last one? Oh, wait, I feel like I'm forgetting one. Which one am I forgetting? Um, you said Tampa, Boston, White Sox, Astros. I just talked about that. I don't like them. I think the Astros win. Don't like the man. Oh, obviously Dodgers Giants. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that that's going to be by far the best one. So I yeah. would imagine the Dodgers come out on top, but We'll see if the, the the Giants are frauds. I wouldn't mind a Giants run because uh, I'm picking the Giants. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a uh, Shaq have to go against his narrative. Mm, that would be fun. It will never happen. <laughs> I'll find a new one before y'all can even remember what my old one was. What if the Giants win the World Series? What's the narrative? That'd be the worst thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's a Giants? What would be the worst, Giants Rays or Giants White Sox? Giants Rays. Yeah, Giants Rays would be that'd be terrible for bad for Shaq. <laughs> but like, if the Giants win, that'd be better than the Rays winning. Like, I just can't have the Rays win. Their model is stupid; they can never win. But the but Giants even, win. That just even confirms the Giants model. Even the Giants model isn't good. Well, like it worked, so it's hard it just to say confirms it's not good. cheating. No, but like the They're Giants are one-year deals, but they at least spend money. You know what I mean? Right. Like they had a two hundred ten million dollar payroll, and they traded for Brian. Seventy games. Yeah, they try. The Rays just go down the streets of Florida and be like, you ever thrown the baseball before? And they're like, no. And they're like, perfect. You're going to be your ace this year and win the Cy Young. You're in. <laughs> I know it is bizarre. Oh. Like you just wonder what kind of what kind of black magic they got going on down there. Because the Rays are absolutely perfect with regression analytics. No one is better than them at it. And all these new openings, the Nats have their player development. The Nats player development stinks. 
um, call every single person in Tampa and LA and just start hiring from those two organizations. Make me happy this offseason. Yeah, I mean, just, just steal their entire analytics department, please. That's what people <laughs> did for, for years from, well, it started obviously with the A's, but people have been pulling for from Tampa's organization for a while now. And it seems like a lot of, there's still plenty of teams that aren't, aren't hip or aren't like, you know, aware of what's going on. Like clearly Tampa is doing something right. They're not doing it fully right. They're missing the big free agent acquisitions and the big trades, but they're doing something right. Like go find out. Austin. Boston hired, they hired their GM from Tampa and it took him a little bit to realize that he's in the big market and he didn't have the penny pinch at every single position. But like once that adjustment's out of the way, it's fine. Like they just literally just hire like the smartest, like math nerds you can possibly find who have figured out like every single formula when a player is going to suck, when a player is going to be good and they just utilize the hell out of it. You got to trade for Ricardo Rincon. Exactly. (laughs) So what was, I'm reference? trying to think back to the I do I not. not. Oh, that's Moneyball. Ah. Uh, so yes. it was actually a fitting reference. It was. It worked. I just I didn't catch it. Monty's so somewhere listening and he's like, I understood that reference. Uh-huh. I understood that reference. So I'm trying to think to the predictions thing we put out on the website. Do you guys remember who you picked for your World Series picks? Uh I picked it's boring, but I picked Dodgers over Rays uh, before the season, so that's just what I stuck with. Well, it's still in play, right? What about I? I did Giants over Rays. I did <laughs> Ryan's worst nightmare. I did I did Yankees Dodgers, but I I said whoever wins the AL wildcard game goes to the World Series. I still think the Red Sox go. So to the Red World Sox Series. Dodgers, you can pick yeah. the Red Sox Dodgers. Yeah, I'll, I'll allow I, that. I I, th- I think the Red Sox do. Their pitching stinks, but their lineup is so good. Their pitching can be good enough, though. Like Sale, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, Nick Pavetta, Nate Eovaldi, they could be good enough. Will they? Probably not, but they could. <laughs> it could happen. It could like happen. it's not like. Uh, you know, a rotation of all John Lester's where it's like, oh, well, the best case is like five innings, two runs. Like, no, rotation all- of John Lester's, it's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Just terrible to think about. Now, I think that I just think the Giants are going to handle the Dodgers in this series. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't think there's such thing as handling the Dodgers. Well, I, th- I, I think, think it's going to go. I think this is going to go the whole distance, but I don't know. I'm, I'm rooting for the I have Giants. a bold prediction. You guys ready for this? I'm ready. I'm, I'm get bold. The Dodgers do not play in another elimination game the rest of the postseason. We're like they're on the brink really? of elimination. That's, All right. that's bold. I love it. I, I 10, think 57 I think, p.m. On I think October the wild 7th. card was the best and only chance to really knock them out. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, you have freaking Chris Taylor hitting a walk-off home run. You know what's not, funny about that? Not any of the big boppers. You have Chris Taylor, who's good, obviously very good. He's going to get paid this offseason. But, like, when you have the bottom of the lineup guys producing, other teams are screwed. What are you going to say, Ryan? The Dodgers in the ninth inning, the Dodgers <laughs> had offensive war for the batters that hit. It was negative 0.6, negative 0.5, and negative 1.5. That was their offensive war, and it ended in a walk-off for them. 
It's just stupid. That, that That's what I'm saying. Like when those guys are producing, those guys are coming up clutch in big moments. Other teams are screwed. Absolutely. We'll, we'll screwed. see if those guys keep coming up clutch in big moments, I guess. Yeah. We will be back with you all postseason long. So I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, me too. And plus, I mean, even watching these games with, uh, Oh God, Russell Wilson broke his finger. Gross. Oh. Um, let Gino cook. <laughs> I saw that. Um, they just showed a, a slow-mo or zoomed in on his finger. And it was like, it was gross. Um, but it, even watching these games on TV and like seeing all the fans, like it's not, obviously not the same as being there, but you, you feel that atmosphere conveyed through the TV. So it's really exciting to watch. Last year was great because of the amount of playoff games, but obviously very different without fans in the stands this year, back to normal playoff games, but you, you really appreciate the feel uh, of these stadiums when they're packed with, mm-hmm. with diehard fans. And it really is like a trip down memory lane. Cause obviously there were no fans going to games last year and to see it again, it's like kind of brings you back to the, the excitement of the Nats run in 2019. Right. Makes me, makes me miss it. And I got to tell you the, I saw that the Dodgers are having viewing parties like the Nats did um, during that, but they're charging $70 for tickets. If you want to go to the but the thing is, it's LA. Everything's yeah, seventy dollars. It's, it's <laughs> LA. Like that, the market. Nats were just like, it. "Come on down, get some free food, free parking." But like, I didn't. I mean, I didn't go to any of those viewing parties. Was oh, it ever awesome. full? It wasn't full, but it was pretty crowded. I mean, we went. No, we no, went to- and, and that's fine. But I'm saying, if the Dodgers did that, they would, they would sell out within minutes. If it was just free, like it would be reserved within minutes. So, it, I mean, it it's, sucks as a fan, but as a business it's smart to charge for those tickets because even at 70 dollars a pop they're gonna sell out oh yeah i mean it's not that they that they can't get the money for it i just thought i thought it was very cool what the nets did like if they had made those where you had to buy tickets i'd have bought tickets i would have i would have paid for it if i had to but it was really cool for them to just you know open up the stadium and they opened up the oh for sure you know the clubhouse and let everybody get in there and get food it was awesome I thought that was, it was a nice gesture to the fans, but as you yeah. said, Ryan, everything in LA is at least $70. So. Oh yeah. $70 I'll, might be the equivalent of free. If you I'll be LA. there soon. I can't wait to spend $70 on a bottle of water. <laughs> but, all right. Well, we covered pretty much everything going on around baseball. Right now. I mean, the last thing we talked about was really just the Rockies signing up or extending some of their guys, but it's what well, it was CJ Crone and, how do you say his last name? Sensatella, the pitcher, which yeah. I mean, five years, fi- five years, 50 million is a solid deal for him. But the, Ro- the Rockies literally paid $50 million for Nolan Arenado to go to a different team. I don't <laughs> care what the Rockies do. They're dumb. So that was that was Rockies talk for you, for any Rockies fans listening to this. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. But as we wrap the show in every show, we're going to do our one big thing. Do you guys have any final thoughts? uh nats postseason anything we talked about anything we didn't talk about before we get out of here um i would just encourage nats fans i know for a lot of people don't really follow postseason not just baseball but sports in general once their team is knocked out but uh you know get into it it's still a ton of fun and in some ways it's it's a lot it's not more fun than your team being in it but it's different fun you don't have the pressure you can just enjoy really really good baseball without having to live or die 
and feel like you're, you know, you've got a hole in the pit of your stomach when your team is playing. So watch some postseason baseball, enjoy it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of former Nats for people to watch all around. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean, there's Schwarber, Max Trey. Who else? Trinan. Trinan. Who, God, his stuff um, is just like, that's a whole different Steven Souza Jr. Stephen <laughs> I saw he made an appearance. Uh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I guess technically Dusty. Yeah, there's Dusty. There's uh, who else? Gosh, I know there were more. I remember seeing Juan somebody. Soto. We <laughs> have Juan, Juan Soto. Hopefully, um, he's just gonna follow everybody. He's gonna follow the Dodgers around and just watch. EJ McFarland, John Lester. Oh no, yeah. they they're out now. Uh, I guess that's that's pretty much it. I can't think of anyone else. Sure, there's a few more randoms. Yeah, especially like bullpen guys. They're always around. Ryan, you got anything? Just enjoy playoff baseball. Fans are back. Um, every single year we always get like 15,000 articles of baseball dying, baseball's dying. And both wildcard games were the most watched thing on TV each night. And they also won the 18 to 45 demographic, which is the most coveted demographic for everyone who's involved with TV. Um, yeah, baseball isn't dying. I'm tired of it. Just enjoy well, it. Got that demographic just in time to have the CBA derail the next season. That's yeah. right. <laughs> we finally proved that baseball is not dying just in time for baseball to die. So <laughs> those were those were literally like two perfect like wildcard matchups for baseball. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean Red Sox Yankees is obviously gonna always be a thing. And the Dodgers are just a big they're a big draw. But the Dodgers, Dodgers are a huge rivalry even before this year, too. So it, it really is. Good. I know. Because, like, in the wild card game, like, you have the L.A. market, but then St. Louis is a massive baseball market, especially yeah, in the love Midwest. baseball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was just big draws. Yeah. Big draws. Uh, my one big thing is just thank you for everyone who uh, participated in giveaways. And uh, we will be sending that. We're waiting on some stuff to well it was me but like i'm waiting for some stuff to get delivered because we ordered it in bulk and then um we're going to ship it out individually to the individual winners so i know it's taking a little bit uh but we'll send those out hopefully uh sometime this weekend to all the winners so appreciate that congratulations to all of our winners and to all of the people who applied to you know be a writer or any other position for us we're still reviewing those I know we're a little bit behind. It's been a little bit, but we will get back to you this weekend at the very latest, if not earlier. So appreciate everyone who applied and is interested. And we brought on Allison. We we didn't talk about that. Uh, Allison is our new writer. So welcome to her. Uh, you can follow her Woo-hoo! on Twitter at, what is it? Juan Soto Home Run. Juan Soto HR. Is that what it yes. is? So be sure to follow her. Her first article came out this week. It was about uh, the MLB Hispanic Heritage Month and kind of highlighted some Nats players uh, who fall under that category. So uh, it was a very, very strong first article. And uh, I don't know how she's going to follow that one up, but I have all the faith in her because, uh, you know, she's, she's not going to be a one hit wonder. We're not putting that into the universe. Good things to come. Good things to come. So welcome Allison. That's all I got. You guys got anything else before we go? Nope. 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 Let's ride. All right. We will be back next week uh, talking more NL or NL and ALDS. 
and what's going on in the storylines and seeing where our thoughts lie and what else has gone on over the weekend. But be sure to follow the show at Half Street High Heat and check out halfstreethighheat.com for all of the latest articles. We're pulling two a days, even in our offseason, even in the Nats offseason, we're still pulling two a days. So that's how dedicated we are to our craft. So be sure to check out the website every single day because there's always something every single day new to uh, digest on there. And follow us on Twitter. You can follow Ryan at We Are All Shack. Uh, he's currently raised Shack. We'll see what he is tomorrow. Uh, follow Amanda at A White Seven Eight Seven Seven and myself at Nationals Ace. Thank you for listening. And in the meantime, normally I say let's go Nats, but let's go baseball. Woo playoffs! Let's go baseball. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the calls has passed the wall to see you later. Dawn, well, you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Let's go ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done